podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Johnson. Pedro Porro, Saar, good take. Slips it into Johnson, two in the middle, Richardson! He is red hot at the moment! And against his old club, Richarlison gets the opener! Four goals, three games. He's at his best right now since he left Goodison. Kulazewski, Johnson, beaten away by Pickford, and Son has managed to score. There's the skipper, there's Hummingson. 2-0 the lead early, Spurs flying here. Flicks it back, McNeil hangs it up. It's hit the bar, he's offside anyway. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off on a new direction, uh, play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Benton Through for Pedro Toro, and he smashed it in! Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kurosevsky rolls it in! Lascelles are freshly introduced and scoring! Now skipped! Oh. Beats up to Romero. He goes flying in again and wins it. Great work from Romero. Could this be a chance for Sonny? That is quite something from James Madison. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs, your award-winning Tottenham Hotspur podcast. We are back on the back of Tottenham Hotspur beating Everton just by two goals to one at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. If you're listening to the show for the first time, where have you been? We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're, of course, on X. We're on Instagram, we are on Facebook too, and we are back to dissect, break down that huge, huge three points against Everton in the Premier League, which sees Tottenham, of course, secure their spot over Christmas inside the top four. I'm joined by three fabulous returning regular guests here to last one on Spurs. I'm joined by broadcast extraordinaire Russ Williams. is back on the show as is actor TJ Romini and the brilliant entrepreneurial Sammy L. Powell making up our panel here on this last one on Spurs. Guys, before we get into the show, just a reminder here on this edition that we're delighted to be sponsored by Beer Passport. They feature 70 unique taprooms around London where you can get an exclusive offer at each one where you can buy one and get one free. 50% off a flight of beer or even a free pint. You'll be drinking the freshest beers directly from the source and you'll get a stamp at each taproom you visit just like your own passport. So if you are partial to a pre-match pint, beer passport at several local brewery tap rooms near the ground, including Beavertown Aura and Redemption Breweries. There are five tap rooms on the Black Horse Beer Mile, which is one tube stop away, which could make for a great pre-match tap room crawl. Beer possible are the perfect for those looking to find somewhere to drink before the match. And for those who like to get out and about, of course, on non-match days and away days, please go to www.beerpassport.co.uk and use the code LDSBeer for 20% off a passport. That website, again, beerpassport.co.uk and use that code LDSBeer for 20% off a passport. Right. Right, we are ready for this edition of the last one on Spurs. Look, these are great returning guests. They're going to fill you, hopefully, with a lot of joy, a lot of passion, and maybe some realism. 
talk about realism. It means I've got to start with Russ Williams on this last word on Spurs. Russ, opening up with you. Spurs do beat Everton to ensure they will spend Christmas inside the Champions League places. Despite not being at their best, they make it three wins in a row in the Premier League. Richarlison scoring again. Sonny making 11 for the season. But let's be honest about it, Russ. It was a really, really tense last few minutes of that game. Dan Juma hitting the crossbar late on. Calvert-Lewin, of course, having a goal ruled out. But the heroics of Vicario made sure Spurs secured the three points. And just before I let Russ come in there about the heroics of Vicario, this is how heroic he was. Because for our watching audience, that is how close, that is how close Everton did come to stealing an equaliser away at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Russ, to open with you, thoughts on the back of that win, that result, and overall where that leaves Spurs under Ange as we head into the Christmas period. Okay, uh, good evening, everyone watching, listening, my fellow panellists and dear leader, Ricky. Well, to quote Charles Dickens, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. The best bit was Richie's goal, which was extraordinary. I thought it demonstrated we were extremely threadbare. Midfield, obviously, and defensively, I... um, I thought we were so sloppy with the ball. Uh, we'll go in, I'm sure, to individual performances later. I thought Everton, who are a football club that I happen to like, um, you know, I think Sean Dyche has got this mentality in them after the 10 points. is us against everybody. And, and it's really worked for him. And you could see that they were playing with such confidence today. And they had it quite easy against us, and they could have scored four or five. Let's absolutely be clear about that. But having said all that, we'll take the win. We'll be fourth at Christmas. Um, we're well, well, well ahead of schedule under Big Ange. There was no or very little Ange ball today. And it's only when we have that first 11 of first-choice players ready to go that there is that symbiotic sort of connection between the manager and the players, which is something that you just cannot buy that's just happened. And and that's when we see our football club at the best. But um, Daniel certainly has to back this manager because he's a really good manager. But, you know, we just can't play games. I mean, Bournemouth are coming, Solanke. We, you know, he got a hat-trick. They're scoring for fun. We've got to go to Brighton. I was disappointed overall with the way that we played, apart from maybe minute five to minute 25 of the first half. And we, and we, and we got two goals. But there's all sorts of things we can pick out of that performance. But any Spurs fan who comes away thinking, oh, great, we won. It was brilliant. But yeah, it is a good result. But everyone could see what the problems are. Yeah. No, they do. I mean, look, again, we'll come on to the injury front where Spurs are because concernly for Tottenham in that game, as many would have seen coming off the pitch, a couple of players struggling that had to leave the field, unfortunately, due to injuries and Spurs already are quite in a tricky, precarious position as we speak. TJ bringing you in. I think, look, Russ put it really eloquently there. It was most certainly a performance to forget, but it is a massive, massive three points for Spurs, which, as I've mentioned, will keep Tottenham in amongst those Champions League places over the Christmas period. They weren't at their best at all. But luckily, thankfully, Guillermo Vicario was. How important, TJ, is those three points for Tottenham in going into what I mentioned is a really, really busy Christmas period now to navigate? Listen, we got very lucky today. The three points, let's start with that. You know, how how important are the three points? I mean, 
this season, we probably say this every season, but I'm not going to pretend to be one of those people that professes to remember where, you know, how close it was at this point of uh, of, the, of the league last season. It's just so, so tight right now. And, and a bunch of the um, fabulous listeners and watchers uh, pinging in with all sorts of comments that, you know, with everybody around us seemingly dropping points this weekend, it was just essential that we got over the line. Um, Another comment came in. I'll I'll go back and see who it was and give them a shout out because it was really well, uh, really well said. That um, Vicario. I mean, my goodness, what a tremendous upgrade! And of course, massive, massive respect to Hugo Lloris. You know, World Cup winning captain for so many years and represented the the club with great great passion and great fervor and um, and dignity and class as well. I always I always enjoyed uh, Hugo. However. I mean, Vicario, my goodness, he's just such an important player in this kind of system. He really is like having a third centre-back. He's a third ball-playing centre-back. So we don't need to play three at the back because you have Vicario there. He's so, so technical with his passing, with his control of the ball. Remember that moment when Saar like pinged him back, uh, a back pass that like shot off the turf and kind of came up, almost bounced at sort of chest height. And he just handled it with ease whilst getting closed down by uh, by an attacking player. So he was immense for us today. Again, like Russ said, we'll get into individual performances later today. But um, another comment was made succinctly by one of our viewers that we absolutely battered Villa. We absolutely battered West Ham. and We lost both of those games. So today, those situations and our luck was reversed. And that's football. And I'll take it. Lovely to be back on the show. Lovely to have you back. Really, really interesting words there. And totally agree with that. Sam, bringing you back in. Always fun and games. I Sammy Powers on last word on Spurs. Look, I think huge, huge relief, Sam, in that one. A positive outlook would be, look, that's a clinical win against one of, if not the informed side in the Premier League. And, you know, as I've mentioned, without real key personnel for Tottenham, missing several, of course, first team players. I think we've got to say Spurs really indebted to Vicario. And, of course, some poor Everton finishing, which allowed Spurs to get away with one. Dan Juma, millimetres away, of course, from a last second equaliser. Yeah. But, as we mentioned, Vicario, the shot-stopping Italian miracle keeper, keeps on providing just absolute important decisive yeah, moments into seasons. Oh, good. Sam, thoughts on that win for you? Huge attribute, Ricky. Just before I start, like I always do, I'm just going to send my love out just in, uh, for, for my son, George and Arthur. And also, I want to say that, and I'll say this publicly on the on, on the cast so that people can hear what we speak about behind the scenes, is that you promising to keep this show down to an hour is probably one of the, the biggest lies since Santa Claus. I hope there's no kids listening. But uh, I just wanted to let you know, just so that you've got some entertainment, that I've got a lovely young lady waiting for me there. I've promised a date night, and uh, so it's a night that I've uh, a night that I've uh, don't ever tell me I'm not committed to the podcast, but because I am. But yeah, Surely no, you're right. It's already started that she gets to listen to these these wonderful words of wisdom from. Well, well, that was that was her opinion. I'm <laughs> about that, TJ. I'll be honest with you. Um, but no, um, going back to the uh, just what TJ was saying. Now I've got to say I, I agree with every word of it. I was just thinking um, uh, during the game, about 70, 80 minutes, I was thinking, do you remember when we were on the show um, before the signing of this phenomenon and we were talking about Hugo Lloris and his replacement and, and everybody was on the fence in terms of, you know, he's a World Cup winner, he's good enough, but he's making loads and loads of mistakes. Um, but who's out there to replace him? Who's on the market? Well, who knew 
that this guy was going to come in. I mean, who knew he was there in that good? I definitely didn't. I'm happy to hold my hands up and say I did not know the impact that this guy was going to have. And he's like having a 12th man. He is off his line. He is on his line. He's absolutely everywhere he needs to be. And, you know, the things that he doesn't stop are things that you can't stop. And that's that. He is an absolute game changer. Um, so, yeah, listen, I, I wasn't happy with the second half. I, I, I thought they did play well in the first half. I'm going to be honest, I think our pressing was really good in the first half, considering we're missing um, some some key players. Um, yeah, wrap it up and put it under the tree for me, Rick. I mean, the only thing that could make it better is if we could go on a bevy with uh, Sean Dyche and Postacoglu after the game. But unfortunately, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So, yeah, all good. And, and you know me, I'm always positive, so a win's a win. You know, it's interesting, guys. Uh, I think there's a variation of a lot of thoughts there, and rightly so. Look, I mean, we're all suggesting, say, we could have and maybe should have played a lot better than that. And I think, again, under certain circumstances where you look at the injury Spurs have, I think, again, there are several players missing that would most certainly look, would change the creation of the side. Defensively, we'd be better. Or, or defensively, we'd be better, most certainly. And sit on the back of the game. Obviously, the result is really pleasing. It's a very difficult opponent in Everton who have been in the form team of the competition for the past few weeks. You can see why they worked hard and we can kind of get on top of them in the first half. Apart from the goals, our football was really, really good. We looked really threatening. And after we got 2-0 ahead, we just eased back a little bit. I thought we allowed them back into the game. We just took a bit more time on the ball. And some of that was because of them. They kept working hard. And in the second half, it became a bit more of a transitional game. We had to show some real resilience and some strong defending in the box. And a couple of outstanding saves from Vic, who was brilliant again. It just had a little bit of everything in the game itself. A different type of performance from what we would like. I guess the pleasing thing was, for us, we got the three points. And I think, Russ, you know what? You've been here after games where Spurs have actually played quite well, haven't yeah. got the result. We're on yeah. the back of this one where Spurs, less one has about it. We rode our luck continuously. There'll be six, 7,000 Everton fans that will go away from this game that were at the Spurs stadium wondering how they've not taken a point. Is this again, Russ, as we see in football, just ultimately games tend to in themselves out throughout the season? I think they probably do. There are certain clubs who specialise in late, late winners. I think that we did play, and it was a brilliant, brilliant point that one of our viewers made, Rick, but, you know, against West Ham, we were outstanding. They were dreadful, but we lost the game. Yeah, You know, and there's been a, a, a couple of times... Obviously, as we all know where it's happened this season. But it is, you know, as Sammy said, it's football. And at the start of the season, if we'd have said, you know what, at Christmas, we'll be fourth. And in reality, a couple of points off the top of the table. I don't think any of us would have believed the person who said that. So that is where we are. However, we mustn't think we're in dreamland because there's an awful lot of work to do. And you'll know better than anybody else. On injuries, I can bring you in, TJ. And was asked after about Christian Romero. He said, look, he felt a tightness in his hamstring just before half time. So he had to take him off. On Richie limping off, he said, look, he's okay. He's had a kind of sore back in training. He wasn't 100%, but he was keen to start. He got through the game. Pleased with him that he took his goal well and worked hard for us. But I kind of knew that at some point we'd had to take him off. I don't think it's anything serious. And, you know, we talk about the fact that in terms of, you know, putting today into perspective, TJ, Spurs had no Madison, no Bentoncourt, no Adogi, no Van de Ven, no Basuma. Everton come into the game winning four of their last five, second best away record in the Premier League behind us. You know, maybe as we've said, disappointing performance overall. But when you put all those circumstances in it, does that not just show you, TJ, just what a vital win this has been? Absolutely. And I think that um, it's really important to um, 
give credit where it's due. Just like Russ, I have an affection for for Everton. I've got a couple of friends of mine back home in England and here in here in LA that are Everton fans, and they tend to be lovely people. My dear friend Damien Carville lives around the corner from me here in Santa Monica. Lovely chap, and I just think you have to really put your hands together and 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 applaud what Sean Dyche has done at that club. As far as the injuries go and the disciplinary uh, actions that went and not seeming to go our way since the Liverpool game, I think it would be very hard to argue the contrary of that. We're definitely, definitely not getting decisions. The Forest game was a disgrace. It was a disgrace. It, it looked it looked like, you know, like a game from the, the, the 70s or the 80s at, at, at times and nothing was going our way. I cannot remember how many fouls their um, captain committed without receiving a single yellow card, let alone two or a red. And so we're definitely that club right now. And of course, it's a new thing on um, on X. I don't think I'll ever get used to calling it that. Um, showing various tackles made by other players in the league and saying, if that was Romero, this would happen. Um, however, I'm not the sort of person that likes to get too bogged down with that kind of thing. I like to focus on what it is that we're doing and what we're doing well. As far as discipline went today, I thought we were well disciplined because Everton were very physical. Um, I do think McNeil landed um, on Saar intentionally. I, I, I do think that. And I know that that's going to split opinion. But they were clearly told, you know, to kind of get in our faces. I thought their press was really effective. They were physical when they needed to be. They didn't allow us space. And yet Andre Gomez, who hasn't kicked a ball since Methuselah was a boy, seemed to come on and he was he was dancing around, dancing around the the, the midfield um, like he just stepped off the Kirov Ballet. I mean, he you know, he was exceptional today. Uh, and afforded a lot of space, which was worrying. But again, hats off to Everton. They played very well. But hats off to us playing second, third string players and coming away with a victory. Yeah. As far as us getting lumps kicked out of us and not, not receiving discipline, I think that will start to turn maybe in the new year. I think these psychological things affect everybody, including referees and, and, and linesmen, lines people. Um, and so hopefully that will change. But listen, guys, I'm, like Sammy said, wrap it up and put it under the tree. I'm very happy to be going into Christmas in fourth. Yeah, I'm in. Totally agree. Sam bringing you in. Uh, and was asked plans for Christmas. He said, look, my family left for Australia. They forgot me behind. So I'm doing the whole kind of home alone thing at the moment. I mean, look, I know... <laughs> you're a massive, you're, you're a massive ad fan. I mean, you're a massive ad fan. How much do you love this guy, Sam? I mean, you're praising so much. I can't tell you how much I love him. I feel like um, I, I just feel. Do you know what? It, and it, it, it's it's replicated in the players' performances. And and I know that the players play for the manager. I know that they do what they're told by the boss. But I feel as though, and I've said this before, Rick. I'm sure is that you know a football squad must be very much like a relationship. Uh, you know, if someone gives you support and understanding off the pitch. You know, then you're gonna you you build that bond with them, and you give everything you can do for them. And I, I feel as though he's got it right. There's something that he's got right that, and even Pochettino. I mean, he was a personal manager. He was very in depth with the players. I know that he spent a lot of time instead of Mourinho telling everybody that he's going to make them better and look at my trophy cabinet and whatever. And 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 you know, I fell into the Mourinho trap. I did. Um, I, I feel as though a manager like this that comes with nothing but personality and heart. I mean, the whole world's falling for him, aren't they? It's not just me. And, um, it's you know, it's not just Tottenham fans that are feeling w what he can do. And I think that, again, that's replicated on the pitch. And I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it down, Rich Harlson as well. It, you know, I've got to admit, that's down, that is down to the gaffer. It is. Um, you know, his belief in him. And, and 
we all say that Richarlson's got that if he played for Brazil like he did, you know, if he played for Tottenham like he did for Brazil, um, then then we've got a player on our hands. We all know his talent. But to keep believing in somebody even when they're in the darkest times and whatever and it's not working out for them, that's a different kind of manager because they've got big decisions to make to replace, to make sure that they get the results. So I'm I'm more than happy with him. Again, I think he's been a huge influence on Pedro Porro, if I'm honest, because I don't think Pedro Porro settled at the club as fast as what he should have done. Um, and, and when I say as fast as what he should have done, I mean, how fast do you, do, do you settle at a club when, you, when you've been transferred? But he didn't, he didn't come in flying, you know, like Kulisewski and Benson Curry. He didn't come in with that magical fit. And that's, I bet that's taken work. I bet that's taken work because he's that. I think that player is playing. He's going to play the best football of his life, Pedro Porro at Tottenham Hotspur. I'll tell you that now. Uh, he's absolute talent. I think he's brilliant. I think Saar being, you know, who he is, homegrown, and um, he, he's obviously got a huge talent. I mean, is it just me that thinks he maybe strides twelve feet per, oh, stri per stride as well? Is it just me? Elegant player, Sam. Elegant player. Ele he elegant. goes so far. I can't, I can't run that far in two minutes. <laughs> and he takes a stride and he's halfway across the pitch. He's, he's unbelievable. He's going to be such a huge attribute to Tottenham. But yeah. I feel as though, going back to it, the, the, you know, the personality and, the, and, and the, um, the, the effort that the players are showing is down to the management. It's down okay. from the top, you know. And so he's doing well. Many are into the fact, look, Spurs, of course, not only they're sitting, obviously, of course, in the top four now, we, of course, now on the back of, obviously, now we've seen, obviously, Arsenal, Liverpool as well, that um, Spurs now just four points off the top of the Premier League. I think, Ed, you offered Tottenham that at the start of the season, heading into Christmas. I think all of us would have taken that. So, again, that just tells you and makes you realise just the job Andy's doing is absolutely phenomenal. That's despite the fact that, you know, some weeks it hasn't been the most prettiest of football. But I think we can safely say, over the course of what we've seen so far this season, it's been night and day to what we've been used to. And that's why, again, I think even with days like today, certain performances, you can almost not have a full, full, full-blown worry about it because you know that we've got players to come back that are going to really affect this team, going to take us to the next level. If you could argue and say, look, that kind of performance shows you some of the work Spurs need to do during the January transfer window. One, of course, a man Spurs being linked with is Todabo. Obviously, a, a really, really decent central defender. Another one, of course, is uh, Radu Dragazin, one to keep an eye on as well. And was asked before we go for the first break, um, sometimes you've got to defend well, and that is what we just did. He mm. was he was asked the question, are you concerned with the amount of defending the Spurs had to do? And was it down to missing defenders? He said, look, that plays a part. We've got players playing out of position. Eric Dyer had to come on at half time. The last time he played would have been weeks ago. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of chances where balls came into the box and we were very aggressive in dealing with them. Want to note on that, I think someone put it in our comments here. The first guy I think Spurs actually considered from a corner today, I think since the start of the season, or one of the goals from the season. So that just tells you how good Spurs have been defensively from set pieces and in predominantly corners. He said, look, sometimes you've got to defend and dig in deep. Vic was absolutely outstanding. A couple of brilliant saves from him. It, he has been brilliant for us from day one, Vicario. We haven't always needed him, but like, as we saw in this game, he's always been there for us. Other times, it's probably one or two saves a game, but he's been that important in our build-up and our organisation. It wasn't just his goalkeeping we needed. It wasn't just someone that makes the saves. It's someone that is so strong from corners and puts so much pressure on players. But again, I thought he really stood up well. And I think, again, like, when you make that point there, I have to reiterate this. Spurs, they came into this game without Madison, Bentoncourt, Adogi, Van de Ven, Basuma. You know, I think, yeah. again, perspective is really, really important to take it. Spurs, they go into Christmas period 
in the top four, four points off the top. What we are going to do, we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners and audio. And just tell me firstly, what is your overriding emotion coming away from that game? Yeah, look, uh, tough game for us. Um, started the game really well and, and apart from the goals, I thought, you know, our football was good and then we, we kind of, you know, took a few liberties with, with the ball and allowed them to get back into the game. And look, they're, they're a good side. They're, they've been in great form and obviously have a lot of confidence and... Uh, they made it hard for us. We had to work hard for it today. And, uh, you know, second half, you know, we couldn't really get a grip on the game. But, yeah, you know, we had to show some resilience and, and, you know, some defending that we haven't had to do uh, for a lot of games. And uh, Vic's pulled off some great saves as well. So, um, you know, it was a, a team contribution to an important three points. You mentioned the defensive side of it there, Ange. I mean, that that's, it shows you how important it is, doesn't it? When a game like today, you come under pressure like that and, you know, to come out come out on top. Yeah, and in the context of, you know, we're, we've changed the, the back four just about every game and even during the game today. So, you know, which even more credit to, to, to Vic as well. You know, he's got a different back four in front of him every, you know, every game. And, you know, we're asking guys to do different roles, Emerson and, and Ben, obviously, and Eric's come on today at halftime. So... <clears throat> Within that context, you know, like I said, I thought the team showed some real character. The camera picked up Cootie with a bit of ice on. Is that is it is it a hamstring? What's what's the situation? Yeah, we'll see. He felt a bit tight in his hamstring, so we'll see where it is. Uh, and you know, spells where Everton were were having moments, creating chances. How did you view it from your point of view and what the team was doing and how Everton were getting their way back into yeah, we, the game? Yeah, we were just like I said, we we allowed them to sort of get some momentum in the game, and it's hard when when you like allow the opposition to sort of take over in that aspect and. Yeah, you know, we had some decent moments on the counter-attack and we didn't make some great choices in that and that keeps them in the game. And Like I said, they're, they're a team that has been outstanding form, you know, close to the form team in the competition. So they're, they're going to have that confidence and, and we'll stay in the game and um, they did that. Um, like I said, you know, we had to do things a bit differently today, but the pleasing thing is we got it done. Can I just go back to Vic? And I mean, look, he's been here six months. He's been in England, and to to coming from from Syria to a different league, different country, everything that goes with that, the way he's taken to it is a credit to him, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, like I said, it, it, we haven't given him easy challenges. Um, yeah, a lot of games we haven't really needed him. Uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe one or two saves, but we've needed him just in terms of his organisation, his distribution. Um, you know, he's a big part of our build-up. So today was different. Today we actually needed, you know. The stuff that he's really good at, and that is his goalkeeping. You know, his saves and his. Like I say he's got a great temperament. Um, nothing really phases him. You know, whatever challenge there is, he's up for it. And uh, yeah, he was brilliant. And just before we let you go, I and mean, that means put you on the spot too much, I wonder if we just asked if you you had a message for the fans against their head of Christmas. Uh, another great yeah. performance from them, I thought as well. Yeah, today. You know, supporters have been brilliant um, from the first game and you know, every home game. Um, today we needed them, <coughs> and again I thought they got right behind the lads and. Um, yeah, hopefully everyone's a good Christmas now. That was out. You know, we kind of that was the bit we wanted to deliver. Um, three points today, and um, yeah, we can all enjoy uh, Christmas. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi there. This is Russ Williams from the Last Word on Spurs. A few years ago, I researched and wrote a book about the huge physical and mental benefits of one simple form of exercise. It's called. How to Walk Yourself Healthy and Happy, and it's helped thousands of people all over the world. Now, I've created an audio course which helps people maybe like you prevent five serious life-threatening conditions 
and protect themselves for the future. For example, this form of exercise is the closest thing to a silver bullet for conditions like high blood pressure and high cholesterol levels. If you're over 40, this is the information you need and the simple plan to protect yourself and get results. Risk-free, visit walkyourselfhealthyandhappy.com forward slash audio hyphen course or click the website link in my profile on X. We're joined by broadcast extraordinaire Russ Williams, actor CJ Romini, and entrepreneurial Sammy Power. I always tell you with Sammy, you're not sure what he's going to get. Well, Sammy's just checking his date. He's still alive. Yeah, we... He's on a date at the minute, isn't he? Or something. <laughs> he's just... well, it, listen, it, no, I'm not on a date. I, I planned a date. Around, listen, I urge you there, lad. Sorry. I'm having to just nip off camera every now and then just to what? say hi. Just um, I arranged oh. a... Uh, I arranged not the Deliveroo uh, or something, Sam. A Deliveroo? A, a, listen, what standard do you think I'm at? I'm cooking. Well, yeah. Right? Because uh, that's what I do. I'm cooking. I've done lemon and thyme oh, chicken yeah. with Have some you? garlic mash. How dare um, you? He's got a free bentos in the oven. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I ordered it in before she came, but she didn't know. So I just kept it in the oven and pretended Good like man. I kept it. Yeah. You, have, you have to be of a certain age to understand the Frey bentos uh, reference. This is getting worse for me. Uh, what I'll do is, whilst we let Sam check the microwave time, I'm going to come over to yes. the bus and discuss hey, the team for this one here on this last one on Spurs. Uh, look, Ange Postacoglu, he made two changes heading into this game as Spurs, of course, yeah. took an Everton. They were, of course, without the suspended Eve Basuma and Destiny Adoggi after their red card and Fifi Lacar, respectively, ruled them out, of course, with that win over Nottingham Forest. Despite the injuries, Spurs did make some decisions in terms of midfield and up front. Um, of course, it meant Emerson Real came in on the left and with Basuma now out of his four-game suspension after that red card at the City ground. And then, of course, the parting for the African Nations Cup. Potagogu decided to go with Oliver Skip in his more natural number six role over the experience of Pierre-Emile Hoybier. Brennan Johnson started despite his head injury at Forest after training a week, while Giovanni Celso was back on the bench with young centre-back Ashley Phillips joining them after recovering from his injury. That Spurs team read Vicario Poro Romero, Davis Emerson, Sarskip, Kulisevsky, Johnson, Richardson, Son, with a bench of Forster, Dyer, Dorrington Phillips, Hoybier, Lucelso, Donnelly, Hill, Valise. Important for me to mention for Everton, of course, they were without influential midfielder Abdelide Decore. Russ, thoughts on the teams when they were announced for you? I wouldn't have started with Ollie Skip. I mean, he, he, he got a chance at number six. I don't think it went particularly well. If I'm honest, um, I do think this is a level too high for him. I've said that on the show many, many times before. Um, the, the, the problem we've got is we've got really good players, as we know. The, obviously, the ones who are injured or suspended. And mediocrity in too many areas, you get away with it for a while, Rick. But sooner or later, the mediocrity gets found out. And that is the problem. And it's not Angie's fault. The fault is further on in the club. He's inherited the vast majority of these players, and he'll know it. And we can keep banging on about it all the time. But what else can the man do but put out, essentially, that starting eleven at the moment? I mean, gee, I would have liked to have seen Gio Lo Celso start, to be honest, in midfield. But for Tottenham, he seems to be made of glass, you know, in the week. Oh, he's probably not going to be fit. What, again? But for Argentina, he never misses a game. So that's a conundrum, isn't it? Um, but I, I just think that we had three or four very mediocre players 
compared to the standard that we've got in the really good players. And it's not their fault. They can't help it. Um, but this is what we've got to do over the course of the next two transfer windows. Difficult to do it in January. We all know that. Uh, but centre-back, midfielder, striker, absolutely essential. But, you know, Richarlison given another shot up front. I thought he scored an absolutely brilliant goal. I thought it was a yes. brilliant, brilliant move, Rick. Yeah. Um, you know, Poro involved, Saar, lovely little slide pass, Brennan. And I think there's no doubt about it. You know, what we're seeing now with Johnson is he's having a highly influential matter on proceedings because he is now getting a regular run of games. And, you know, when you look at the opening, Russ, I'm going to stick with you. Um, one thing I didn't think I'd ever say on last one Spurs is Santa on the roof at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium moments before kickoff. <laughs> Was he? Was that Dan? You're dressed up. I, I, I can't confirm if it was Daniel or not. Well, I would say Santa was up there. Levy. You know, I, would, I mean, I would argue if a Santa is really genuinely a Spurs fan after what we've been put through for how many years, given, the, yeah. given our lack of success. Is he really genuinely a Spurs fan? I'm not sure. But, um, you know, we started the game really, as you said, Russ, I mean, a bit on edge. Terrific tackle from Romero. There's like Dominic Calvert-Lewin getting a shot away inside the Spurs box. Uh, Richie, of course, scoring, as you mentioned there, it is his fourth goal in three games. We described the move there, as you did so eloquently, Russ. Uh, for Tottenham now, the only team in the Premier League to be scoring in all of their games so far this season. Richie, as I mentioned, it's three goals in a row for the first time for him since the run of four in the lockdown days of February, March 2021. Whilst we're on the subject of players and where they are, Russ Richarlison, where are you with him? Is he almost now caught himself out of a move in January. I mean, I know many would say, look, he needs to have a run of games anyway. I mean, he's on a bit of a run now. Is it down to luck? Is it down to the fact that he's had this surgery? What do you put it down yeah, to this change of <clears throat> Yes, he had um, a hip problem, uh, I think it was. And uh, I mean, Sonny in the week, obviously the manager, all said that he was moving so much more freely, you know, in training and in games and and you could see that he was happier until he went off of course he's kind of hobbling off wasn't he so hopefully he'll be okay and i think that the problems he had off the pitch as well as that even when he was playing affected his confidence and up there and uh, i think it's absolutely brilliant to see brazil's number nine playing for spurs and scoring so many goals recently and long may it continue. I think realistically, the only place he was going to go was nowhere else in the Premier League, maybe Saudi Arabia, maybe continental Europe. But, you know, we need somebody in front of goal who's confident and he is the man at the moment. So I'm quite happy to pre press ahead with Richarlison personally, but other people may have a different idea. For Tottenham in general now, uh, look, they're the, the first team to score a goal against Everton in five matches. And on Richie, there was no proper celebration from the Brazilian four in three, as I've mentioned for him. It's now obviously, of course, for him. I, you'd argue and say, look, a really decent return of form in terms of what we've seen over the last few games. He was asked the question, and why is Richardson playing so much better now? He said, look, He's playing, mate. He was out injured. He was struggling with fitness. He just wasn't 100%. He's soldiering on as you do. But he just feels a bit freer now, both mentally and physically. And that helps him out as well. His performances since he's got back, apart from the goals, have also been really, really good. Sonny said on Richie, he's always hungry for goals. He's playing pain-free and looks totally different. If he carries on like this, he can be one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League. That's how big... There, look, that's how big Sonny rates him. He really, really does. Uh, obviously, after that, we saw chance for Johnson as Emerson put in a quick low cross. But under pressure, the Welshman lifted it over the goal from around eight yards. Uh, Sounds brought him up already. A nice applause for Arnett Ajuma from the Spurs fans. He warmed up on the touchline. And it was Sonny's moment coming out of you, TJ. For Sonny now, 
It is 114 Premier League goals. Short corner results in Poro Planning Johnson, who thwarted by Pickford, but Son lashed home the rebound for his 11th Premier League goal of the season. It betters his tally from the 22-23 season. And you know what, CJ? He just looks like he's absolutely loving his football at the moment, doesn't he? Doesn't he, Son? He just looks like a completely reborn player in a Spurs shirt with Ange, obviously, of course, at the helm. Yes, and the armband. You know, um, totally, totally. He's, he's just, he's just such a. I mean, listen, I don't know what's happened today. It's turned into a bit of a sort of man gushing session about other men. But you know, listen, I'm, I'm never going to hold back on my adoration of, of Sonny. He was my favourite player the moment he arrived at the club. I've said this dozens of times on on your show, so I won't go into it anymore. But I mean, something that you always get out of Sonny, even when he doesn't have a brilliant game, is his work rate. Um, you know, he's so committed. He chases everything down. No spring chicken anymore, but he hasn't He hasn't lost a yard. He hasn't, you know, he. It, I think what's really important as well, as one gets older, especially if you want to compete athletically, is flexibility. So you don't really, you know, even if you do lose a yard, you don't lose that ability, that rangy ability that Sam was talking about when we were talking about Saar. He has this exceptional gait. You know, he manages to take a step. He's almost like a triple jumper. You know, in, in one step, he's 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 covered about five or six meters. Um, pretty extraordinary. And 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 Sonny has all of that. And that's really important as well that as a captain, that you show that the, the number one thing that you can always control every single game. I was talking about this to my nephew recently, um, Matteo, who lives over in Australia. And hello to our Australian uh, watchers and listeners, is that... Um, Yes, you can work on your passing, you can work on your shooting, you can work on your tackling, you can work on positioning and all that kind of thing. But the one thing that you control every single time that you step out onto the football pitch is your mentality, your effort. That's just a decision that you make. It's got nothing to do with your physical attributes. And you always get that from Sonny and God love him for it. And I was delighted that he scored um, again today. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about Johnson. I'm a big fan of his. And again, I'm a big fan of the analytics approach to acquisitions that we have finally, finally um, understood to be uh, quite so important, actually imperative, I think, in, in the modern game, especially if you're not um, a club that will just pour hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions into acquisitions. We're not that club, not yet. Um, and so it's really important that we look at these analytics and take them seriously. The only thing that kind of bothers me about Johnson right now is it just kind of pulls out of challenges every now and again, just doesn't seem to give 100% every single time. And if you give 98%, that's just not enough in the Premier League. But I have no problem about him. I think he will come good. He's exceptionally quick. His dribbling is 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 very good. It, it will get better. I think he'll develop like Kulu developed. And if we have Kulu on the left or right and Johnson on the left or right, I think we'll be a very, very dangerous football team. Amen. Sam, just bringing you in on Sonny, if I can. You know, now he's scored and assisted 15 goals so far in the Premier League this season. Only Haaland yeah. and Mohamed Salah, both 18, have more. Only Oli Watkins have as many. And as we read Sonny's stats here for the season, eight of, well, now we look at the matches played, obviously 18, 19, 11 goals scored, four assists, 15 goal contributions. Amazing. Just how good has he been, Sam, for you this season, Sonny, and the return since Ange has been at the helm? And of course, as um, Russ and obviously TJ alluded to, obviously getting that captaincy. The captaincy has been key. It's been, it's been key for him. Uh, you know, the the step up from Kane's departure, I think, to Bayern has, has nothing but strengthened Tottenham in that way. However, I must admit, you know, he's playing well and he's making mistakes. He, he is making mistakes. He's overrunning the ball quite a bit too far. 
He's reading the passes a little bit too far ahead. And that brings in Johnson as well this evening a couple of times because he's just not ready. The one thing I will say is he's, he, you know, he's amazing. I fully back him. I think he should be there. But some of these intelligent balls where he's just, uh, and, and you know, there was a time where I think that there was an incredible cross. I think it was Kulu that put it in, that Johnson should have got his nut straight on it. And Richie would have 100% done it. And he didn't jump. He was grounded for the whole um, procedure. Um but um, but Sonny, he's he's when he has a good game, he has a good game, and he scored today. So we give him the credit in the fight. And I think what TJ just said there, I'm probably going to say this every time you switch me over from TJ. From what he's saying, I agree with absolutely everything. But I think what as a captaincy, you need to see a leader. Uh, if you've been given the captaincy, you need to lead your squad. You need to drive it. It's management in its own right. Okay, you're the manager on the pitch when you've got the manager off the pitch and that's, you need to influence with effort and passion. That's what you need to do. Um, and I think he does that in abundance. I've got to, I've got to be honest. I, I, I don't see, he, he's not one of these captains where you put them at, at fullback and you see this leader in terms of strength and desire when the two one down that are giving the players the, the, you know, the fight, he's this player that leads with effort and, and, um, it's, you can see it. You, you can clearly see it. And I think that's made a huge influence to Huming Son. He is quite easily, I'll say it every single time, he would walk into any team in the footballing yeah. world. He would walk into any squad in the world. Uh, no problem at all. He's invaluable. Um, what I have to say is just going back to Richarlson, and you mentioned his name in the same sentence as transfer. And, you know, I'm always honest on this show, Rick. If he was transferred, that would piss me off. Because um, he is, he's the effort that I think the managers put into him to revive him, especially through his dark times. And by the way, he's been very open about his own dark times within the, you know, within the club, hasn't he? He's been really quite forthcoming with putting that public. Um, I, I admire somebody for that. I, I must admit, um, you know, it's the same as um, football is a business now. It's one. It's the most televised thing in the world. And so it's become a show. Even though we want the results, it's become a, a show. And I think getting to know these players and the personalities is a part of it that's going to become much more of it in the future. And I think that's probably why, going back to what we were saying about Sean Dice, was that we, we love seeing these type of people that are real because we don't like fake people, right? We don't like we don't like the one-word answers. We don't like we try better next time. We don't like, oh, it didn't fall our way. We like people that just talk openly. That's yep. what the world's into these days, honesty, right? Mm -hmm. So so, so, so that's why we're falling in love with these particular characters in, in the footballing world. That's my opinion. And I think with Richarlson, as, I mean, actually, take the Deli Alley uh, circumstances, for example, with his, his recent uh, confessions of, um, you know, his previous... Um, happenings let's say um didn't the world fall in the footballing world fall in love with Delhi Ali that thought he was a stubborn mf who you know who just stuck up his own backside and whatever when he released yeah. that documentary when he released that recording um then we we love it and i think that's a big part of football these days other than just what's going on on the pitch so um yeah, in answer to your question, which is a long way around it, Rick, Huming Son is loved by the footballing world, but what he brings is so much more than that.
Oh, man. Yeah. Totally agree. Look, Sonny said, I'm very grateful. I'm very lucky to play in a Spurs shirt. I'm the luckiest man in the world to have the support behind me. Lovely words there from Sonny. He said, look, on the game itself, the second half, you can see that 2-0 is never enough in the Premier League. Everton was pushing and pushing and we did really, really well. The lads did a fantastic job and I'm happy to get the three points. I think we deserve them as well. Football is sometimes going up, but sometimes going down. You have to stick together. The previous week, we learned a lot from our mistakes. This time, we learned and showed our good experience. But I'm very pleased with every single player because they worked hard and deserved their spot. I always work for goals in my career. It doesn't matter what the gaffer says to me or where he puts me. I'm ready for it. I know what I have to do. I have to try and help the team as possible whenever I'm on the pitch. I love to work for the team. Richie went through a similar situation to that last season. He's hungry. He wants goals. He's playing pain-free. Looks a totally different player. So I'm very happy for him. And as we mentioned earlier, he said about Richie, you know, if he carries on like this, he could go down to be one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League. He also added being in the top four at this period is Good, but it's not our aim. So we just want to keep improving. Yeah. And you know what? I want to say this now. I don't like coming out with outlandish statements. Oh, well, hello. What are you going to say, Rick? Well, that, that's I, my job. I, I, was, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was told by a really close friend of mine that was with Mickey van der Ven on the darts on Friday. And obviously uh, there was a lot of rounds. Saw obviously Mickey being posted there. Of course, Mickey won his round of the darts. And he was asked the question, when are you coming back? And he's hopeful he'll be back very, very soon to January. And he was asked about Spurs' position. And he said, look, we want to win the Premier League. And you know what? <laughs> That's not me saying Spurs can or will win the Premier League. No, but what, but, but, what I love is, though, Sam. You want them to say that, don't you? It's that mentality, mentality that the players, the players, in the players that. believe they can win the Premier League. I and Spurs are currently, they're four points off the top, exactly. under a new manager. Why can't we believe Where's Macca? We're going to win it. Where's Macca? <laughs> I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, Rick. Gary Neville, love yep. him or loathe him, folks, yep. said that Tottenham are the, his preferred team to watch yeah. in the Premier yeah. League. Absolutely. He said that's how good he thinks we are, stroke, could be. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, it's, again, Russ, it's totally clear. Um, what I would say, look, Spurs, of course, going two up in that game. Uh, Brennan Johnson, again, heavily involved, as we said, from the off. Um, there was moments in that game where, again, I think we picked up on the fact it's just that final intricate moment for Brennan in terms of front of goal that's missing. But what you can't doubt is Brennan's influential impact he's having from an assist perspective now couple of what we've seen today in terms of getting involved and uh, uh, I can only speak from being that stadium myself I think there was a real real need just get to half time we need to get to half time as it felt like Spurs were desperately allowing Everton to get back into the game and quite frankly open themselves up where Everton were almost gifted goals they started the game very sloppy Spurs and reverted to that as they were coming towards the close of half time Everton got a number of attacks of course in quick succession but Malenko slid wide Garnacliffe shoot straight at Vicario. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he continued to cause Tottenham problems in that first half. And Spurs need to get some gain of control, really, going into the second half. And what I will say is before that second half did come around the corner, we saw James Madison, Rodrigo Bentacor, Manor Solomon all watching from the Spurs bench. But it was a really strange half when you think a couple of clinical moments put Spurs ahead. But Everton had been really, really bright during it. So look, what we are going to do, we are going to go for our final break of this show for our listeners on audio. <laughs> Here he is. Hello, Sonny. How are you? Congratulations. Thank well you very played. Much. Coming thank through. You, thank you. Thank you. Played well Sonny. Right, Sonny, first question. How tired are you after that? Because there was a lot of work to be done today. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit tired, <laughs> but uh, that's what we work for and that's why uh, we are here. So obviously it was amazing support and but yeah, good win. Sorry, I actually do, actually do want to speak about these people behind us because, you know, all these people, they, they book flights. I've spoken to people, they book flights, they book hotels to see you play. You deliver, you score in front of them, you see your home country's flag. 
in the stands. What is that like? I mean, I know it's an obvious thing. You've been here a long time, but every week it is extraordinary. Uh, it is actually crazy. So, I mean, what can I describe this this word? So, I'm very grateful. I'm very lucky. First of all, playing for Spurs shirts. Uh, and having this amazing support behind me, it is, I'm the luckiest man in the world. So obviously, I'm doing what I what I love, but they they do actually come over all over the world and uh, watching us and watching our games to play. And I'm very very grateful. And I don't know what 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 words uh, is. Um, to describe feelings, so it is it is just amazing and uh, very very grateful having this amazing support and being obviously footballer you need always a big support like this and that's why I'm here. Brennan, just come on. We're going to be bringing Brennan as well. <laughs> Sonny, we, we, we won't yeah, make attack on some just yeah, yet. To, on. Be, to be fair, it's, uh, I, all, I talk about all about this guy. He, he looked tough, so with his, <laughs> <laughs> with his so, but uh, yeah, he did amazing work. Work great today. We were, we were actually talking about you, and uh, <laughs> I felt a little bit sorry that I. I killed some some games. Uh, <laughs> there was that one at the end, Sonny, where you tried to play it to oh, him and overhit yeah, it. You were devastated. Contest. I was so devastated yeah. because I wanted um, uh, my boy to score, and so but he will score, score definitely. So I can't wait to score him, and uh, we can celebrate together. Brendan, how, how did you find it out there today? It's a, say it's a, a real tough. We, we've shown a bit of everything today, haven't we? I mean, the football in the first half was great, but then we've really had to dig in, haven't we, at the end there? Yeah, exactly. We had to. Their game probably more than we liked to, I think. Uh, we wanted to see the game better because we wanted to play our football for longer. But I think when we play against teams like this who are so strong when the ball goes into the box, you know at times you're going to have to uh, defend strong. I think we probably conceded too many chances, but I think in the main we, we stood up so well. Do you know what, Brendan? I'm going to uh, get uh, Sonny one more question because he's been out here for ages. probably starting to get cold now. Sonny, just tell us, what does Christmas look like for you now? Do you get a day off? get to enjoy yourself? Yeah, we are in tomorrow, Christmas Eve, but uh, we are actually day off on Christmas Day. So, yeah, I just want to say everybody having wonderful and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And uh, yeah, we will definitely have a good Christmas time and get a good rest and then make sure we are ready for Thursday night. Thank you so much, Sonny. Yeah. Brendan, you stay with us. We'll let Sonny go. You stay here all day. Cheers, Sonny. Merry Christmas. Brendan, look at these fans that came out for you, mate. <laughs> 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 um, Brendan, I, I wanted to first ask you, like, how are you getting on? Because you've been in the wars. Yeah. <laughs> you've got um, a cut down there, Brendan. I mean, I can see a, you walking wounded. It's been a tough, tough few days, obviously, yeah. naturally, after yeah. uh, after an injury like that, I kind of had to recover slowly and kind of build my way into training. But now I feel good. I feel ready to play and uh, I'm really happy to be back on the pitch. I, I know it's hard work today and I think all of the fans and anyone watching would have, would have felt it. I can't imagine how much harder it was on the pitch. But you really are getting the full range of experiences here at the moment. How much are you taking from that personally? Yeah, I think, I think in terms of the game, I think we've had to show a bit of everything today, probably more than we wanted to because we wanted to uh, dominate the game for longer. But... I think when it comes down to it and we look at it again in terms of like a defensive performance, I think there's times where they got into it easily for sure. But when the ball went into the box, I feel like we won a lot of contacts and that's all credit to the to the defenders. I feel like they stood up to it well today and uh, not made that continue. As I was saying, I said, Brendan, I mean, we've, we've had a little bit of everything today, haven't we? But mm -hmm. I mean, Everton come here, four wins on the spin, four clean sheets on the spin. The football we played there for half an hour in mm -hmm. the first half, 
opened them up, scored two goals. I mean, we've got to take a lot of positives from that, haven't we? Yeah, we definitely have to take positives from that first 30 minutes because um, we, we looked like carving them open every time we got into that final third. But it's just on to us to, to be more clinical, uh, clinical in the final third because I think we could have scored more goals and... We want to make it longer than 30 minutes. We want to dominate for 60, 90 minutes and, and really put teams to bed. But when it doesn't happen and you're playing against a team on a good run of form, they're going to create chances and that's what happened today. It's been an amazing few months. How are you going to spend your first Christmas in London? Uh, I'm actually not spending <laughs> it in London. Yeah, as Sonny said, we've, uh, we've got, we're in tomorrow for like recovery training session and then um, Christmas Day off, so I'm going to drive back to Nottingham. Christmas Day yeah, off. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, so. yeah, what a with dream. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm looking joke. forward to it. I love spending time with my family. Brennan, thanks so much for joining us and well done again today. Thank Absolutely. Much, now there. Really appreciate well, it. Pleasure. Thank well, you, mate. I'm Brennan. See you later, guys. Let me go. Thank you. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Right, as we enter the second half of this game, look, how do I put this? Eric Dyer coming on at half-time. I think all of us is in that stadium there were a little bit concerned against, of course, his old club. No one can understand why Romero went off. And we had that, obviously, um, reaction now from Ange that suggests, of course, there may be a hamstring issue there. We don't know more about it. Of course, we should have more of an update later in the week. Um, because we mentioned the fact that with Romero, of course, being on the pitch, he made a terrific starting block in the early minutes to prevent Dominic Calvert-Lewin from putting Everton ahead. And in that second half, I joked and said, look, Eric Dyer's come on now. In five minutes, Everton did have the ball in the net which now seems to now seems to become quite a controversial talking point. Now, our, for our watching audience, we've got the VAR decision here. It is a still. Russ, I'll come to you. Russ seems to always get the Thanks. questions about VAR. Sorry, <laughs> Russ. You are the independent adjudicator at the moment. Please accept my apologies. Now, um, referee Stuart Atwell was told to go look to the monitor as it was deemed that Gomez looked to have fouled Emerson in the build-up and it was struck off. Now, it's one of those where if it had been given as a foul in play, you would have probably said fair enough. But again, it's one of those where some may feel it's a 50-50 call and some may argue that's not really what VAR was designed to intervene for. So, Russ, for you, on this decision, where do you sit? Was it rightly disallowed? I, I can see why people would say it was a 50-50 call. Uh, and that's on the basis that football isn't a contact sport anymore. Well, not much of a one anyway. Having watched it and watched the replays live, the first contact was where his left, Gomez's left foot came round the front of Emerson Royale. So that was a foul. No question. Um, so for me, it was a foul. Now, VAR picked it up, and as a result of that not being a foul with the referee on the pitch, obviously Everton scored. Um, and there's plenty of examples that we've seen over the last two or three seasons of VAR uh, where fouls being committed have actually led to goals being disallowed. So um, overall, for me, the first touch was a foul from Gomez. 
there was a little bit after it, which I don't think was a foul, but the first touch was a foul. So I can see why they said, go and have a look at the screen, Stuart. And once they did that, we, we know what the story is. So we yep. were we were pretty lucky there because what was to come in the in the second half was succession of of chances really midfield yep. being overrun, Saar running out of steam, uh, changes in an already changed team. Uh, it, it it really was. It, I, I remember thinking, oh blimey, if if Everton get one goal, we're in apple crumble territory. Fortunately, we weren't, and I was wrong again. Um, but that for me anyway was not was not a goal. Really close. I can see if Everton, you know, Sean Dyche, who incidentally I thought thought he's dressed a bit like a National Express coach driver today, and that's with a lovely tie. <laughs> Did you see the uh, thermos? He's, he's, he's a great right? manager, by the way. That's just behind his back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, lovely, beautiful. Um, I could see why Everton would be upset that they didn't get the goal, but technically it was a foul. Yeah, you won't be surprised, obviously, Everton fans chant, obviously, corrupt Premier League, corrupt Premier League, which um, all 6,000, 7,000 really, really loudly sang, of course, at the time it being ruled out. Look, Sean Dyson's not happy on the touchline, neither was Tarskowski on the pitch. It's Again, many may feel from an Everton perspective it was really, really soft. You know, again, for top, I think it was a real wake-up call and a big let-off given the circumstances. Andrew was asked about it after the game. He was asked, you're not a fan of R, but do you think it helped you out in terms of that goal being ruled out? He said, no, that season's really bad terminology. Why would it help us out? It was a foul. It didn't help us out. I don't like VAR. I don't like it either in terms of this game itself. So that's part and parcel of the problem because people use that kind of terminology like it helped us or it goes against us. It's a tool. It's used. I still don't like it. Did it help us? I don't know if it helped us. If the goals do, we might have scored a third. That's the beauty of football. So I've already said I don't like the way VAR is being used. I didn't like the way it was being used in terms of the game itself. It was then asked on a follow-up, was it a foul then? He said, look, I thought it was a foul, but the referee missed it and probably missed another foul as well. That's part and parcel of the game. That's football. I would love to have more time to discuss this, but I am conscious of time. Strike up your bingo cards. Let's quickly go to TJ and Sam for a one-word answer on this. Uh, TJ, foul, was it rightly ruled out, yes or no, for you? Yes. Sam? It's 50-50. Again, Everton will maybe feel, because of the nature of their situation in the Premier League, they'll maybe feel there's some unjust there. They can well, see I have to say, Richard, just on this, you were saying that they were saying corrupt Premier League after the, de- after the decision. You know, eighty to ninety percent of that is to do with the points deduction. It's not to do with the, you know, that one decision. Yeah, These guys are bitter. And how would you feel, you know, when you got yeah. Man City and Chelsea sat there who, you know, personally got audits accounts coming in from Roman Abramovich's accounts to yep. buy players, and they're still not getting charged for it when yep. Everton are being, um, you know, deducted for, uh, for for what they have been, which rightly so they should have been by the fair play rule, but. Um, yeah, they're obviously bitter, but they've got Sean Dyche at the helm, so they're probably going to be all right. Well, Everton actually scored a really good chance to get back into the game, despite that goal being ruled out. Harrison with a delicious effort that was effectively drilled wide by Garner. Not sure they didn't score. Then Richie left the pitch. Uh, applause, actually, from both sides, which was really lovely to see. Hoiberong to offer control and was asked after the game what he made of that ovation for Richie. And the fact that after the game, 
Richarlison actually stood and applauded the Everton fans. I mean, he didn't really get a chance to say a goodbye, as we obviously well in the knowledge of Spurs, went and bought him, of course, as Everton survived on the last day of the season. He said, look, it was great on both sides. Great for Richie to go over there and great for the Everton fans to acknowledge him. These things happen in football. I think anyone would question Richie's service for Everton Football Club. I think the fans appreciate that and he's appreciated by the fans. Now he's with us. He's doing the best for the football club. And again, I say on Richie, look, four goals in three games. Another smart finish in terms of that game against Everton. Um, obviously, I know Sam took that heavily earlier in terms of Richie and where we see him. TJ, how impressed have you been with Richie? And now, hopefully, do you think it's going to really kickstart him now into January and have a really good 2024? And what's, to be honest, I think for him, been a really, really difficult 2023, both injuries and personal health, mental health-wise. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I said this last time, you know, uh, we were talking about Richie because, of course, he keeps scoring. So we're talking about him every single episode, which is wonderful. Um, I was the first to admit that I just didn't see it working out for Richie. But like you, me, like many other uh, football fans around the world, no matter which club you support, we love eating our words. And so I'm enjoying mine immensely. Um, I thought today... Uh, Russ was talking about it earlier. It was such a beautiful move, wasn't it? Just magnificent. It was so fluid and, and technical. And again, this wonderful one-touch passing and also the movement off the ball from Tottenham, especially going forward, just seems to have really clicked under Ange. It's, again, I say this every episode, it's still so new. This is our first season under this manager. And yet the players have really adopted to this system, uh, not only mentally, but physically. They're applying what they've been taught in live situations. And, you know, uh, coming from, you know, in, in, in my career, the rehearsal is nothing like when, you know, when somebody says action, and everybody always thinks, you know, in television, oh, if you get it wrong, you get to go again. That's one of the biggest fallacies in my business, because time is money. If you're the kind of actor that can't deliver like first or maybe second take maximum, people are going to be having discussions about replacing you and certainly not hiring you again. And with these footballers, when you're in training, it's a completely different thing to when you're doing it live on the football pitch. And they are doing it so beautifully. And Russ, I thought it was a cultured finish, which is something that we've not really applied to um to Richarlison, you know, just to sort of sweep that ball in with his oh. left foot and find the corner. Yeah. You can be one of the most technical footballers that there is. And I think Trent Alexander-Arnold is a wonderful, wonderful technician. And yet there were four through on one, four, and he missed. And so sweeping the ball into the corner with your with your left foot under pressure like that, playing against your old club, moving to a, a bigger club like Tottenham with an enormous price tag, comes with enormous burden of responsibility. And he did it with aplomb. And so fair play to the lad. I loved hearing, um, Ricky, when you were talking about what Sonny was saying about Richie. I love yep. listening to that man. Maybe he is going to go on and become one of the most prolific goal scorers in the Premier League. He certainly has all of the tools, right? He has all of the attributes. Can he get all of those attributes firing at once and turn him into a prolific number nine? I would be delighted. That would be the best Christmas present I could possibly hope for. You know what, TJ? I think if any managers can do it, it'd be Ange. I do genuinely believe that. There's a guy Correct. that absolutely believes in him, right? Man. Well said. Look yeah. what he's done with Pedro Porro. I mean, Pedro yeah. Porro, for me, Pedro Porro and Vicario are our players of the season thus far. Just on, yeah. obviously, players and changes. Uh, another Spurs change in that game. The Celso on for Pat Matasar. Saar, another now to avoid the dreaded fifth yellow card. Well, and of course, Romero, of course, the fact that he came off at half-time in that game meant he did also avoid a yellow card. So Spurs, currently at the moment, as we stand, Destiny obviously getting back, of course, on that ban. And as things stand at the moment, Saar, Romero, both can feature in future games. We're keeping our fingers crossed on Christian Romero. Must add, Romero did say post-match after the game on Instagram, he will hope to be back with us as soon as possible. Not that he is fit right now, which again, you can look at that in a couple of different ways. Maybe it's subject to a scan. We hope he's going to be okay. But as we come to the finishing of the game, 
which started to get more and more erratic as that game went on. Um, Russ, coming over to you. Um, there was a couple of brilliant, brilliant saves in the game. There was a brilliant save by Pickford, Lacelso planning Kuliseski, oh. who held off Patterson, but his low effort was tipped wide. Amazing save there. Um, Everton, of course, in typical uh, Tottenham fashion, made the game nervy. Garner's cross was headed away. Gomez lashed in a loose ball from 16 yards to reduce the deficit. Bullet in the bottom corner. Spurs failing to clear a corner. Far through too much space really allowed in order for that goal to happen. And almost 2-2, Russ, almost 2-2. But Vicario pulled off a wonderful flying save to deny Dan Juma. What a signing he's been, Russ. What an ending to an absolutely crazy, chaotic game. Yeah, I mean, thanks to him and some bad finishing from Everton, we ended up with three points today. That I think that is the reality of it when you, when you really drilled down into what was going on. And he is... Well, he's obviously a future Italian keeper. Hopefully, he's a Tottenham keeper for many, many years to come playing at this level. Um, and, and well done to our, uh, well, not official scouts, you know what I'm saying, uh, for identifying uh, players uh, like Vicario. You know, people who might whisper in somebody else's ear quite legally about who we should get. Um, so... As far as I'm concerned, he's been an amazing player for us this season. And I think we've all been taken aback at, for a goalkeeper, how good he is in the league where you have to be good with your feet. We actually have a goalkeeper who's really good with his feet as well. Right up there with the best of them in the league at the moment. Long may it continue. But thanks to him, but thanks to him uh, we managed to get uh, three points today because he was outstanding again. We need to buy okay. a central defender. Okay. We need to buy a midfield player who's a bit of a leader and who can play the ball and play one-touch football. And I think we do need to buy, ultimately, a striker. Are we going to get them in January? No. Uh, the club have backed Ange. In the summer, they've got Madison and Van der Ven, two of our better players. So you're saying if Richarlson, Richarlson stays at Tottenham, Son Richardson, Madison. Um, we don't. We, so we we want another striker. Is that is that the the, the decision? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Put pressure okay. on Richardson, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, yeah just, just interested in the the opinion. Yeah. With it. Key players to the African Cup of Nations and also to the Asian Cup. And also, yeah. we all know this, chaps. You know, and everybody watching and listening knows this nowadays. Especially if you want to, if you want to win the Premier League, which is by miles, by miles, the most competitive league in world football, you need two at least quality players in every position yeah. so also to yeah. that list russ yeah. I would also add, we need another left back yeah. i mean in another yeah. right back as well you know you just do you need two in every single position you know um if you look at um we've talked about this before to to mention you know our dreaded noisy neighbors but you know who they bring off the bench much much higher quality they're bringing Trossard go. off the bench Tommy Asu off the bench Zinchenko off the bench like you know these are quality international players and we are starting I don't want to heap on him again but the guy that I say isn't good enough to be in the Premier League he isn't and we have all of those players still at the club so I would say yeah. when it comes to January um, that it's actually more important. And again, a bunch of our people who are watching and listening, they're so insightful and they really know the game and the club. 
a lot of people saying, listen, let's sell PEH and Skip and bring in somebody like Gallagher. I'm happy to sell two and bring in one because, t Sammy, to your point, if everybody's fit, we have an amazing squad. But we're about yeah. three or four away. We have so many players still at the team who are not good enough. Eric Dyer. I mean, and I love when Eric Dyer came on today and everybody was clapping for him. I have enormous affection for Eric Dyer. He seems like a lovely young man. And he's been a, a servant to the club. Could we bring in two in January that would strengthen us and help us through the African Cup and the Asian Cup? I've got no doubt we can do. Guys, I want to ask you all a final question. Sam Spurs sit proudly in the top four, four points off top. Sam, what's the expectations now as we head in to 2024, in your opinion? What can Spurs achieve for you? God, I hate this. I always think of Anthony Costa every time you ask me, just going mental. Uh, hi, Ant, by the way. Spoke to him the other day doing panto uh, and putting in the hard work at Christmas. Um, I, I mean, I'm positive. I'm, re I'm really positive. I feel as though the injuries have um, massively affected us. However, what I do like, and just to get round to my answer, is that when um, Ange Postacoglu was asked about fifth place, um, his answer was, I'm not thinking about fifth place, mate, as as he does, and um, and that just goes to show where the mentality of the, the the manager is. My mentality as a fan is, it's a little bit like being, uh, it's well, it's a Spurs fan. We're 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 used to disappointment, and um, so to manage expectations, um, I'd like to be in the top three. Um, do I think we could win the Premier League looking at the table going into Christmas and there's so much to come? It's achievable at this point. It is achievable. Um, James Madison is probably one of the most crucial and definitive uh, recoveries to Tottenham getting there. Um, and the improvement of the players, I mean, Van der Ven has got to come back in, but the improvement of the players under Ange Postacoglu is completely uh, bedazzling me if I'm honest, in terms of uh, you would expect a second good season out of him, but you wouldn't expect this. Or you'd expect a good start and then a huge dip. But all I'm seeing are players getting more and more and more committed to playing for Tottenham and the moves that he's making being the right ones, if not the wrong ones with his high press. Um, so, you know, what do you want the answer to? Is, is is the question, can we win the Premier League or where do you think we'll be at the end of it, Rick? What, what's the question? Your, your own, Sam. Give me your own expectations where you think... Yeah, I think we can. I, I think there's every possibility we can win the Premier League. I don't think we're going to this year. Um, I don't think we're going to, but I think there's a chance we could do. There is absolutely no doubt that Tottenham are a top four club um, as we stand and I'd be happy to finish in the top three or two. Sam? Mate, thank you so much. No, it's a busy, busy evening. Well, thank there. you, Ricky. Cheers. Pleasure. Pal. Just want to give everybody my my love. Um, and, I and, get there, and there goes the, and there goes the grand crescendo. <laughs> oh, but sorry, Rick. No, I agree with you. No, I just I just get so many comments on my Twitter after a show, and it's it's so overwhelming. It's lovely, and I just want to say Merry Christmas to everyone and thank you. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Sam, you're a diamond. We love having you on. Thank you so much. Love TJ, bring it over to you. Love you too, mate. Uh, TJ, bring it over to you. Look, Spurs, as we say, top four, four points off top. It's been an amazing, amazing year under Anne so far. I think we're all excited about what's to come. TJ, what is to come in TJ's world? What do you think is achievable? Um, I think anything is achievable under this manager and with this current squad of players. Uh, let's see how quickly we can get first team players back from injury. 
you know, if we do get Van der Ven back in January, if we do get Madison back kind of, you know, February, March, maybe if we even if we get Benton Kerr, like for that final push, kind of April-ish, you know, where where could this season take us? And again, just to take sentimentality and emotion out of it, you're talking about a team who is four four points from first position. So that's got nothing to do with loyalty or nothing to do with a certain love for a team. That's just maths. And maths doesn't care. Maths numbers don't have an opinion on anything. We're four points from the top. So where could we finish? We could finish right at the top, second, third, fourth, who knows? But we really have it all to play for. And to echo um, Sammy's comments, um, I'm always grateful to be on the show. Lovely panel as ever. Wonderful comments as ever. Um, have a lovely Christmas, a very Merry Christmas, everybody, a, a happy and prosperous new year. And um, I look forward to seeing everybody back in 2024. Lots of love. CJ, it's always a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much. And I say love to everyone I say out there. You, mate, thank you so much. Russ, come around you to close it. It's oh. <laughs> since you guys, I say, you got all you guys are regular here. Like, I feel like I speak to you guys every week more than I speak to my family, uh, which some might say is not a bad thing, right? Depending on what your in laws are like. I've got to be careful. For those that are asking, I'm recording in the in laws' house. I've got to be on good behavior, right? Um, as you can see, look, this is the Greek archaic building behind me. For those that are watching audiences, for those on audio, won't have a clue what I'm talking about. They'll probably no. still hear the same microphone. Thankfully, fingers crossed. Russ, it's been an interesting. Got us a year and in that yeah. at the helm. I think we all believe again. The fact that we're sitting here and as fans, we are actually pinching ourselves by the star we've watched overall with Ange, where Spurs are in the league. Russ, what's achievable? You know, I mean, when we, we, we when you come and done that Newcastle show or the game after Newcastle and your poor face, what this club was doing to you and me putting you through these shows and Russ yeah. and Sam as well, TJ yeah. as well. What's oh, the no. now, Russ? What do you think? What can we do? I'll, I'll keep Rick. Um, I'll keep my answer very brief because uh, Sammy's chicken with time. He's <laughs> obviously getting near to being burnt to a cinder. Um, I'll, I'll put it in one word, fourth. That's where I think we'll finish in Champions League football. It'll be absolutely brilliant for us under range. And then I think we can push on, as, as, as the boys have said. So... Uh, Thank you for having me on this year. See you in 2024. Sammy, TJ, uh, Rick, and everybody listening and watching a very, very happy Christmas and happy new year. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, peace and goodwill to all of you. Amen. Lovely words there, Russ. Can I just say, guys, firstly, um, to these wonderful people here that give up so much of their time for last one's Spurs, and I mean it, Jimmy, so much of their time. Guys, thank you so much. It's a real honour pleasure privilege to share the screen with such amazing wonderful people that not only speak a great game about Tottenham but just decent genuine lovely lovely people that have come into our life that I really really do take a fondness to so guys thank you so much to this wonderful watching audience that look again today I'm very very lucky and humbled so many of you come up to me and so much I love last one on Spurs I'm stopped and I've got to say look thank you so much for all those lovely lovely you know messages that you give me honestly means so much and for the panel that work behind the scenes that do so much behind the scenes. Honestly, I mean that. It's a wonderful team that do it. Thank you so much. It means a lot. So, guys, thank you so much. Love to all of you out there. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah. Uh, prosperous, obviously healthy and healthy one. We'll be with you every step of the way. For those like Russell that don't celebrate Christmas, look, have a lot like to say, a wonderful day in peace, whatever you guys are doing. Love with the family. That's the main thing. But for all of us here, guys, thank you so much for your support from Russ, from TJ, from Sammy, from myself. Thank you so much for all your support for last one on Spurs. We'll be back with you very, very soon. Have a wonderful Christmas. 
and we'll see you on the other side. Take care, guys. Lots of love. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.